Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester. We're joined today by Kevin Sinclair. It's Wednesday, November 9th. Notre Dame feeling the afterglow, I guess you could say, of the uh, Clemson victory with with an impact on recruiting. Certainly, it was a big recruiting weekend for Notre Dame with a bunch of verbally committed players. And uh, Kevin, Notre Dame, had. we'll, we'll deal more with uh, or talk more about the impact of that weekend as we progress here. But Kevin Nordame received a verbal commitment from class of 2024 cornerback Carson Hobbs uh, from familiar stomping ground through the years for Nordame Cincinnati Archbishop Moeller High School. What can you tell us, Kevin, about Carson Hobbs? Yes, so I met um, Carson was on the visitor list for the Cal game. And, you know, I kind of took note of him around that time you know, kid from Moeller, and we all know about, you know, Moeller's history at Notre Dame, or if you don't, you know, guys like Tony Hunter, uh, you know, and many, many others um, came from Moeller to Notre Dame. And, um, you know, I got on the phone with him just after the game. It was the same same day they they had offered him um, during his visit that day. Um, and he, you know, was the first thing he told me was that he's a lifelong Notre Dame fan. His dad is a lifelong Notre Dame fan. This whole is kind of like a tradition in their family. They're all Irish fans. And sometimes I hear recruits um, mention their Notre Dame fans, but as you get to talking about it, you can tell they don't really know the players and they, you know, they're not diehards. This kid, I mean, I remember he brought up like Theo Riddick, who oh, he must wow. have been, you know, just a young kid. So I'm like, okay, this kid knows what he's talking about. He brings up Tobias Merriweather. Um, this is a kid who really knows Notre Dame. And, um, you know, kind of looking at who he is, he grew up playing wide receiver and running back. Um, they plugged him in at cornerback, which he'd never played just before the season last year. Does an outstanding job. He's raw. He's in year two right now. But at Moeller, they play against like Dante Moore and King out of Detroit and good counsel on all these quality programs. I think he has natural man cover skills and he'll come down and stick you. Good open field tackler. Um, it's just about him getting stronger, faster. You can see he's real long and lean, and he's got those long, long arms, kind of similar to Benjamin Morrison, which I really like. That's a huge asset in coverage. Um, you know, so I like the elements there. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Nolan Ziegler with his really serious background in Notre Dame, Notre Dame fan his whole life. Hobbs, you know, doesn't have family members who went to Notre Dame, but now he's going to Notre Dame. His family's thrilled. They were at the game on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I like his length. He looks like he's a long, long arm kid. He looks like a long corner. I mean, you just you see him and you immediately think that. I guess you could probably think that maybe he's a wide out too, just seeing his his uh, his body and his physique. But I do like that. You know, he does he does he does play physical. I do like that he, uh, you know, his his strength is as a man to man guy and a guy that can can lock lock with a lock up with a guy turns his head and hips well on the deep ball and he can high point a ball. So, you know, I think the fact that he's only played it for a short amount of time, he's just growing into it. And I'm like you, Kevin. I mean, I think strength wise, I don't think we really have any idea how impactful he can be long-term until he gets a lot stronger. I think that's limiting him right now. I don't know that he's, 
you know, I kind of, I kind of equate him to Cam Hart, like, although I don't think that he's as quick twitch as, as Cam Hart. But again, I think some of that quick twitch is going to come as he gets stronger and he just isn't there yet. Yeah, no, definitely. He'll, you know, mature more and add more size that way. But I think another interesting sort of component of this is, um, you know, Mike, I talked to him after his visit on Saturday. Um, if you think you're, you're a cornerback from Ohio and Ohio is loaded with really good defensive backs, um, talking about Mike Mickens, who also grew up as a DB in Ohio. And then um, all of these cornerbacks and DBs from Cincinnati and Cincinnati area, area in Ohio, they all know who Sauce Gardner is. Um, Mike Mickens coached him up. Now he's at Notre Dame. He's at the game on Saturday. He watches what Benjamin Morrison did. He's a true freshman. And he just said he started doing the math. And he said, you know, he really wants to play early, whether that'll happen. I mean, we'll see. That's a long ways away. But he really liked that component, loves Mike Mickens, his background, the track record of the development, and that stuff that's going to start, you know, turning heads from, from recruits, seeing uh, young players doing well, Benjamin Morrison, Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, and, and you know, and so forth. Yeah, and Sauce Gardner is is making an impact in the NFL this year as mm-hmm. well, and so that name resonates and is pertinent to guys, uh, the recruits that are or uh, high school football players that are watching the NFL. Now, uh, Notre Dame had uh, a wide receiver, to, uh, former Texas Tech commit wide receiver Caleb Smith in town, slot receiver, uh, been watching a lot, from Frisco, Texas, been watching a lot of film of him lately, and I, you know, I think as as excited as we are about that wide receiver group with with Braylon Smith and Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores, I I think they need a a speed component added to that. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Smith looks like he fits the bill. Yeah, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective. He clocked a verified four four nine in the offseason. I mean, Braylon James is a four four seven guy, so similar speed, yeah. but he's a smaller, leaner, nimbler more agile slot guy. And um, I got on the phone with his head coach on Saturday. And it was, what was interesting to learn is, you know, his, his full body of uh, his whole athletic makeup. So he's a three sport athlete. And I liked this. He is a point guard and he's a center fielder and he plays slot receiver. And he said they initially had him out wide, but what they really like about him, he's a very good gadget play uh, slot receiver, jet sweeps, um, you know, bubbles, all of that, all of that stuff. He's a vertical threat as well, but they like getting him the ball in space. And then he's an excellent returner. And to that point, um, as, as soon as he sort of surfaced with Notre Dame, his name surfaced, I kind of dug up one game film, just kind of at random and I was watching it. They're down, they're undefeated. They're wanting to move forward undefeated. They're down by three or four with a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter. They punt the opponent punts the football. He returns it 88 yards for a touchdown. They win 41-37. So that was like my first impression of him. First, mm-hmm. any film of him I watched, he's making plays. And, you know, Tim, you know more about baseball and basketball than I do with how long you've covered that and played baseball on that. But, you know, what do you think of that sort of make a point guard, center fielder? Well, yeah, I, you know, it's center fielder or shortstop. You know, those are the good point guards. Those are the guys that run the show. And um, uh, catchers, of course, as well. But, uh, you know, I yeah, I like that. Point guards, w- without a doubt, they 
you know, generally represent the pulse of a, a, a of a basketball team or the five guys on the court. And so, yeah, I like that. I think, Kevin, that he is outrageously underranked. I mean, just mm. <laughs> absurdly underranked. What what he's in the where is he? Compositely, it's like I get the impression that, and I've seen a whole lot of his junior film, but I get the impression he's really emerging this year as his senior. Okay. You know, and um, he plays in the the division, the same division. Uh, it's kind of like a rival school of the school that Jadarian Price came from. It's just like a tier sort of below um, what we see, like Peyton Bowen and Jaden Greathouse playing. So they don't get as much fanfare in that division. Um, as many eyes on them, but yeah, it sounds like he's somewhat of a late riser. You know what I mean? But uh, Notre Dame found him. They like him again, four, four, nine. You just watch, you watch the film. He's legit. And then I like how he kind of compliments what they have. Great house, Braylon James, Rico Flores, some, some receivers with size and some star power. And, you know, add a, I like the idea of adding a slot receiver like Caleb Smith. And I, I think that it's very likely yeah. they land him in the end. Well, he has pull away speed. There's no doubt about that. You watch his film and he's running away from everybody. And, you know, he, he has a quality and this is something Notre Dame, uh, former Notre Dame and Michigan uh, director of recruiting, Bob Kamel taught me years and years ago. And he, of course, he was, he was a head of recruiting for both Schembechler in Michigan and Lou Holtz in Notre Dame. So he, he was, he's around literally college football royalty. And, and one of the things that I see in Caleb Smith, he's got that long, backswing uh with it with his feet like his feet are actually hitting the back side of him and Kamel always looked at that and so did so did Holtz and and Schembechler as a sign of you know just being a, a loose-limbed more athletic player than guys that don't quite have that flexibility and you see that when Caleb Smith runs so I thought that was interesting whenever I see a player that has that kind of follow-through with his stride from on the, the backside of it. Uh, they always looked at that as a guy that was very uh, loose limbed and, and, and really athletic now. Uh, and you, and to, to wrap up with Caleb, Caleb Smith, you think they're going, he's going to end up in Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I think so. And um, you know, from talking with his coach, he said, he's not a kid. This was on Saturday, you know, before the game. And his coach said, he didn't think that he would rush a decision or make a decision that week. And, and it seems like that's the case. He's gone home. I think he's sort of letting it marinate. You know, the time frame is kind of, you know, I, I just don't know when he's going to um, end up making that final decision. But I, I definitely like the Irish. And it sounds like they really liked him uh, as a kid. Great student. Seems like a really good fit for the Irish. Yeah. Now, CJ Carr wrapped up his junior year. And uh, he has uh, Tom Loy, a reporter yesterday, correct, Jack? I mean, I, he, that, that he is definitely... Um, He's not going to reclassify and he's going to stick around for his senior year in, in Saline, Michigan. And, you know, we've, we've said this many times, Kevin, you, I mean, you don't want to put the kid in a situation he doesn't want to be in. And if that's, you know, if that's what he wants to do, you certainly can understand it. I know he's a little bit older for his class, but he's still only been high school in high school for three years. And so I get that completely. Notre Dame is going to, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> We are all very positive that Notre Dame's quarterback room is going to look differently next year because they're going to go out and get somebody in the transfer portal. Whoever that will be, we'll find out in time, but they are not going to allow their quarterback room to be the way it was. But as it relates to C.J. Carr, wrapped up his junior year, got off to a bit of a slow start due largely to the surrounding cast that he had, but he finished 
with a flourish. What did you see from CJ Carr down the stretch as he completed his junior season? Yeah. So, you know, leading up to that, there is always sort of little bits of criticisms or questions where, you know, you go and have a big game and people would say, oh, well, they're playing a team that's four and six. And so there's always sort of questions on Friday. They were playing Belleville, the best team in the division, undefeated, 10-0. They're only allowing 7.4 points per game. I had to look at their roster. They had about like a handful of Division One or Power 5 recruits on each side of the ball. Um, so this is a really serious team. And again, allowing just seven points a game. You know, early in the game, C.J. Carr, he made a couple passes. They were both dropped. I'm like, oh, here we go. And he was facing <laughs> third and ten. And he drops back in the pocket, two defenders coming down on him. He somehow squeezed, you know, split the two, squeezed between them. As soon as he kind of popped out of that, there was a defender crashing down on him. He made this, you know, managed to collect his feet and make this outstanding throw for about 25 yards, fresh set of downs, throws a 39-yard touchdown on the next play. And that was one of five touchdown passes. So, again, this team was allowing 7.4 points per game. He generated 44 points on the day. And here's one note in terms of like him sticking around again next year. I do think he gets really good development as a quarterback in that program. And here's why they threw 53, 53 passes in that game. And that wasn't really out of the ordinary. They hit up in that high range, you know, of what, uh, you know, uh, pass heavy college programs throw, you know, there's most programs quarterback throws the ball 11 times. 13 times, 53 passes on Friday. So it's a guy who gets a lot of action out of the pocket. He did phenomenal in uh, evading pressure, um, you know, spinning out of pressure. He's got a really good um, sort of spin move uh, when he's in the pocket and he's and he's um, getting pressure from his weak side. He had this uh, one play there on the six-yard line. Um, he spun out of pressure, and then you probably all saw it on online and on Twitter. As he's approaching the line of scrimmage, sort of a no-look Mahomes-style throw, finds his tight end in front of the end zone. Just there was – he was – you know, I was already very confident in him before that game. And watching that game, Division One players all over the field, and they couldn't stop him. You know, there was a few, few drives um, that stalled. I believe there was only – two of their possessions, two of eight possessions that stalled due to drop passes or a fumble, but he was scoring almost every single possession. And, and it was so largely on, on his shoulders. So fantastic performance from CJ Carr. Well, and so he'll, uh, he'll get his senior year at Celine and will come in uh, even more equipped and get another 300 passes and on the prep level, 300 plus probably. And, uh, We'll see C.J. Carr in a Notre Dame uniform in 2024. I know that he hasn't signed and won't be able to sign until December of, of 2023, but I think everybody's pretty confident that C.J. Carr is with Notre Dame and will remain with Notre Dame. Kevin, you were, uh, in, in, as we as we turn our attention more to the Clemson game here and the impact of all of that, you, you looked at recruiting rankings between Notre Dame and Clemson, and we come out of watching this game, and I think, everybody's a little bit astonished at just the physical dominance that Notre Dame had over Clemson. And when you look at the recruiting rankings between Notre Dame and Clemson, it tells a story that uh, is a little bit different than that. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I just found it interesting. I would like to, you know, in these bigger games kind of have a look at the recruiting rankings, you know, 
Clemson, I looked at all 22 starters and essentially roughly one in three of the one of every three starters for Clemson was a five-star recruit at seven five stars. That doesn't include Cade Klubnik who came in for a few plays. So looking at, you know, from top to bottom, you know, like for example, I was looking at their front seven. So four defensive linemen, three linebackers of those seven starters, five of them were five stars. So three of their defensive linemen, KJ Henry, Brian Grizzly, Miles Murphy, and then linebackers, Trenton Simpson and Barrett Carter, all five-star talent. Um, Notre Dame, you know, obviously pushed them around. Their their running game was outstanding. And then I'm just looking at the offensive skill positions, um, you know, the quarterback position, five-star, DJ, five-star running back position, Will Shipley. Then all three of their starting receivers ranked in the top 100. And, you know, just for comparison's sake, you know, Clemson had seven five-stars. Notre Dame had one five-star uh, Clemson had 17 top 150 recruits. Notre Dame had six. You know, Clemson had nine top 50 players. You know, that's almost half of their starters were top 50 recruits wow. and seven of which were five stars, of course. So anyhow, just looking at it on paper, um, pretty remarkable. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly we see as Marcus Freeman digs deeper into to the recruiting aspect of things. I mean, Notre Dame, the 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 level of talent is is increasing, but I tell you what, if that four-star talent can play like it did last Saturday, uh, we'll be we'll be looking at this as a five-star program moving forward. Kevin, uh, uh, again, talking recruiting as we tie it into the current team, Benjamin Morrison was a guy that I think we were all pretty excited about when he signed with Notre Dame. I don't know that we had the expectations. I I, I certainly didn't have the expectations that he would emerge the way he has as a, as a freshman. And that comes one year after Blake Fisher and Joe Alt. Uh, the year before that, we had a, a freshman impact at cornerback. What do you see happening with Notre Dame's recruiting and, and some of these guys emerging uh, a little bit, maybe a little bit earlier than they were under the Brian Kelly regime? Yeah, you know, I sort of noticed this trend where, um, you know, I mean, the Brian Kelly era is like maybe once every four or five years, there'd be like this freshman who is like, you know, a three-star recruit, everyone, you know, or a low four-star. And most people just figured they would redshirt, um, but they would turn out to be this impact freshman, right? But it was very rare between, you know, like 2010 to, to like 2019, a 10-year gap there. It's really only one or two that kind of met that. But again, in 2020, Clarence Lewis, one of the lowest rated recruits. I think he was like 730, 737 overall in the country, somewhere around there. Uh, he comes in, earns his starting job. And then last year, Joe Alt, who was a 250-pound tight end when he committed, um, he ends up being one of the best left tackles in the country. I think this year is an argument he is the best left tackle in the country. He was a three-star recruit. And then, you know, again, this year, Benjamin Morrison – uh, you know, outstanding. He's probably going to be a freshman All-American, I would imagine. You just, I think that it's just a, it speaks well to Notre Dame's uh, evaluation and recruiting and that each of these last three years, they're kind of picking up a guy who, you know, wasn't heavily recruited by big SEC schools or a lot of big-time programs pressing for them. Um, and they're turning into impact players uh, right away from Notre Dame. And you just think about these last two um, you know, Benjamin Morrison, that's a shutdown corner. Joe Alt might be the best left tackle 
Uh, that is a major, major impact for Notre Dame. So be interesting to see if that trend sort of continues. But, man, what an impact that makes. Well, the trend can continue if Peyton Bowen puts his name on the dotted line here <laughs> right. in December. And, you know, also you look at the receivers. Uh, obviously, there'll be a great situation for Braylon Smith and Jaden Greathouse and Rico, Rico Flores and and hopefully Caleb Smith to, to make an impact. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's trending in that direction. And Kevin, as we, as we wrap things up here, the, uh, the impact, it was a, it was a big recruiting weekend. It was a big weekend in general for Notre Dame football. And just your sense that we, we get a, 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 a glimpse of it with Carson Hobbs making a verbal commitment, but just your sense of the impact of Notre Dame not only defeating Clemson, but beating them handily and uh, and how this will impact recruiting and particularly the class of 2024. Yeah, you know, first off, that, that 2024 class, I talked with a few parents who were there on the weekend and um, said that that class is really coming, like, really coming together very, very close. And they're really making an effort to recruit and, and build relationships with top prospects. And um, kind of like, you know, between like sort of CJ Carr and Cam Williams um, and others, it kind of reminds me a little bit of back in the 2021 cycle with Blake Fisher was kind of leading the class. And he was just doing such a good job of like building relationships with recruits that they really wanted and helping, helping bring in talent really. And so, um, you know, what I see there is just, T.J. Carr, Cam Williams, Jack Larson, real charismatic kids. And when they're there on campus, um, for example, Carson Hobbs was on campus on the weekend, Aeneas Williams, a four-star running back. Um, those kids are really hitting, hitting it off with Notre Dame's commits. I think those, guys, those kids are really going to help Notre Dame, um, you know, with the relationship building process and then building a buzz. You know, five-star quarterback uh, certainly does that on its own. I talked to Carson Hobbs um, on Sunday after his visit. He told me, you know, this is the day after he had been in Notre Dame. He said he'd been hearing from CJ Carr and Cam Williams and, and a few of the other Notre Dame commits are checking in on him. Are you going to commit to Notre Dame? We want you here following up with them. I think it's, you know, it's the same I've heard with other recruits um, that are considering Notre Dame. So I think they got a really good foundation there just talent wise. But these kids are also helping draw talent to Notre Dame. That happened with Carson Hobbs, and I think it'll continue to happen. That's Irish Illustrated recruiting analyst Kevin Sinclair. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And this has been Irish Illustrated Insider.